0: The Hammer, Chapter 10 There was no way he would leave Kate to die. We must save her, no matter what it takes. He looked sideways at the lizard who confirmed his fears with a deep nod. It's the right thing to do. Corvin heard himself speak, but the voice sounded more like his father's. It is the only thing to do, sir. If we do not try, all will be lost. If you stay here to protect your world, you will lose it anyway. Why? What's going to happen to my world?" "'the lizard studiously scratched at the dirt with one of its claws. "'It will depend on our success in rescuing the Kate. "'It is best now to focus on the task that is before us. "'I'll need to bring along some food. "'How can I carry enough for a month?' "'There will be food once we reach the boundaries of the core, "'but there is none in the labyrinth. "'You will need enough for six of your days.' "'The core? What's that?' "'It is the place where Kate is going.' But we must move quickly if we are to find her. Will it take long to pack your food? Not long. Wait for me on the rock. I'll be right back. The creature looked overhead. You must hurry. I cannot be outside once your sun is in the sky, and we waste valuable time talking. I'll be right back. Corvin ran toward the house. Should he wake his mother to help him pack? His pace slackened. She would never believe a story about a talking lizard. It would be best to leave a note telling her he'd gone to find Kate. That would cause her the least amount of stress. Corvin looked at the familiar outline of his home. He was not ready to leave. He paused with one foot on the porch steps and looked back at the rock. Ready or not, Kate was in great danger. He had to try to save her. He slipped into the darkened kitchen. The house was silent. Even Mother's snore was missing. He stood still and waited until he heard faint measured breaths coming from her room. She never slept well with father away. He would need to be especially quiet. He pulled the hunting pack sack from behind the pantry door. His father would not mind if he took it for such an important task. Closing himself in the pantry, he lit a candle and placed it on the rough wooden shelf. After filling one of the side pockets of the pack with jerky, he stuffed some tin food, bread, and candles into the main section of the pack. As he routed behind a box of soap flakes, he discovered a plastic bread bag full of oatmeal raisin cookies. They fit perfectly into one of the side pockets. A bonus was finding a full package of chocolate chips tucked inside an empty tin of baking soda. Back in his room, Corvin set the pack on the bed, opened the chest, and checked over the various objects. What should he take? For the first time, he noticed an empty cavity at the back of the tray. It ran the length of the lid and connected to another shallow depression along one side. It was about the length of the long wooden case his father had shown him on the rock. What could have been there, and where was it now? There was no time to look for it. Corvin touched the metal book. The lizard had been a bit too interested in it. Since he couldn't read it anyway, he should probably leave it in the chest for safekeeping. He passed his hand over it, hoping he was not making a big mistake. He released the rope and shoes and stuffed them with the grey cloth into his pack sack. He jammed his slingshot and more clothes on top. After tying the pack cover in place, he hefted it onto his shoulders with a groan. How could he ever manage to carry this around in the maze? On the other hand, how could he know what the journey would require? As soon as possible, he would need the lizard's help to lighten his load. Taking one last look around, he caught a glimpse of a black handle sticking out under the blankets. The lizard wouldn't be too impressed if he left a hammer behind in his room. He needed a better way to carry it. Setting the pack on the bed, he pulled his army footlocker from beneath it. Mother insisted that he keep anything that might cause a fire in the metal box. He dug past an unopened packet of black cat firecrackers, three stubby bottle rockets on short bamboo sticks, and a Roman candle. Finally, he found it, his Hubley Trooper cat pistol with a large Texas star on its holster. He had quit wearing it years ago after the other kids began calling him Tex. He pulled out the gun and threaded the empty holster onto his belt. The hammer slid inside, handled down as if it was made to order. The top flap snapped neatly down over the head. He stepped in front of the mirror and in one fluid motion released the hammer and pointed it at his reflection. He had practiced that maneuver a thousand times with the pistol, and he was pleased that it worked just as well with the hammer. Corvin dropped the gun back into the metal box. He wanted to take it along, but there was no real purpose for a cap pistol. He picked up the fireworks. These on the other hand might be useful. They weren't that heavy, and you never knew when you might need a good flash or a loud noise. He opened the pack pulled out the grey cloth and wrapped it around the fireworks, just to make sure nothing went off accidentally. After tying the pack shut, he dragged it up on one shoulder. Pausing at the door, Corvin glanced around his room. A dreadful feeling came over him that he would not be returning to his home. He pushed the light switch down and closed the door. This time he remembered the third step, but with the added weight of the pack, even his evasive tactics resulted in a muted squeak. Mother mumbled in her sleep. The bed sprang squeaking as she rolled over. Seizing the moment, Corvin released the noisy stare and scooted through the kitchen. Easing the back door open, he let it close softly behind him. As he turned, a dark shadow spoke from the armchair. I watched you sit here through the night with the hammer in your hand, but I do not see the advantage of placing one's body in this contraption. The lizard pushed itself out of the chair. It seems merely designed to keep one awake. It hurts the tail. Corvin frowned. "'I told you to wait for me on the rock. "'I was concerned that you changed your mind. "'I was considering coming inside to find you. "'Well, I'm glad you didn't. "'The sight of you would have been too much for my mother to handle.' "'Sir?' "'The lizard had a gravely wounded expression. "'It's nothing personal. "'She just doesn't like snakes. "'But I'm not a... "'Never mind. "'Come on, let's get going.' "'Gladly, sir. "'It is time to leave. "'Just a minute.' Corvin crept back inside the kitchen and found a pencil and paper by the telephone. He jotted a note, telling his mother he was going to look for Kate and not to worry. At the bottom, he wrote his name, Corvan, with a tiny hyphen. That way, his father might at least understand where he had really gone. After setting the note on the shelf under the phone, he squeezed out the door. He pushed off down the stairs with the lizard following close behind. I believe your belongings will be too large to fit through the labyrinth. Some of the openings are quite small. I grabbed everything I thought I might need. We'll lighten the load as we travel and eat the food. Is it heavy? Corvin straightened his back. I've carried more than this before. The dark bulge of the rock loomed ahead. Corvin tried to leap onto its steep edge, but misjudged the weight of the pack and crashed back to the ground. The lizard's head appeared over him, and I told you so. Look on its narrow face. Corvin rolled onto his knees. I guess this pack might be a tad heavy after all. Maybe once we're inside, we should go through it and decide what to leave behind. The lizard didn't answer, but Corvin thought it rolled its eyes before darting up the rock and into the circle. Heaving himself to his feet, he staggered up after it. The rocks around the circle appeared as mute sentinels against the thin gray light of the approaching dawn. Light is coming, sir. We must get back inside. We have a few minutes. Corvin put his pack down by the stone door and turned back to the southern gap. A light came on in the kitchen. Through the window, he saw his mother go to the sink. For a moment, he thought of running back to say goodbye. He lifted his hand to wave. She couldn't see him, but it made him feel a bit better all the same. She turned away, and the kitchen light went out. The lizard looked at him as he turned around. "'Why do you raise your hand and shake it back and forth? I have seen others do this. What is the meaning?' "'We are saying goodbye.' The lizard looked at him, expecting more. When we are leaving someone and we don't know how long we'll be before we see them again, we wave. He swallowed hard. It means that we love them and hope we'll see them again soon. The lizard nodded. We do not wave. Love is not permitted when you serve the darkness. The lizard studied him for a moment, then jumped over to the pack. We must get moving. Once this night is over, the door cannot be opened until the next phase of your moon. It wrapped its claws around the strap of the pack sack and tried to move it close to the door. The pack refused to budge. Corvin stooped and slung it onto its back. It seemed heavier each time he picked it up. Sir? Corvin turned around, but the lizard was gone. I am here, sir. Something poked Corvin's side and he twisted to find the lizard hanging beside him. My claw appears to be caught in your belongings, sir. Corvin chuckled as he set the pack down and unhooked the lizard. I do not understand that noise you just made. I heard it before, when you and the Kate were together. I was laughing. You looked funny hanging there. Yes, right here. Corvin slipped it from the holster. It should work when I put the handle in that keyhole between the rings. He pushed the handle forward. Stop! The lizard darted in front of him, barring his way to the door. The power of the hammer flows through your body. The door will open even if your feet touch the stone. When the Kate stepped on the doors, they opened, and she fell, throwing her arms up like this. The lizard mimicked the motion. The small case with the hammer inside flew from her hand, bounced off the doors, and they closed very fast. I grabbed her case and carried it away as you approached. No wonder Kate's scream had been cut short. How long does it stay open once you touch it? I think until you touch it again. It shut when the hammer dropped on it from this side. The Kate was fortunate not to get hit, for it closes quite swiftly. Let's test it and see. Setting his pack down, Corvin tentatively touched the stone. A low rumble echoed below him, but nothing moved. Well, that didn't work. As he leaned forward to try again, the door sprang apart and a lizard pulled him back from the open hole. That's incredible. Does it work the same to close it? Corvin leaned forward and touched one finger to the exposed edge of the door. All was silent. The lizard was hissing and clicking. Corvin looked at him. He was pointing at the ground where the hammer lay in the dirt, dangerously close to the edge of the door. Corvin's face flushed. As he picked it up, he brushed the frame with his free hand. Wham! The door slid back together with the ferocity of a massive stone mousetrap. He looked up into the wide eyes of the lizard. So how do I get inside without being crushed? If you open the door and drop the hammer inside, you will be able to climb in safely. I will go first, and you can follow. I suggest you toss your belongings down to me to avoid being caught in the door. The lizard gave the eastern sky another quick glance. Corvin pulled the pack in close behind him. He placed his hand on the stone and the doors rumbled open. The lizard leapt inside and disappeared into the darkness. Corvin called. Heads up! And threw in the pack. It hit the ground. Edging forward, he held the hammer out over the hole. I'm going to drop the hammer in now. No response. Here comes the hammer... Silence. Was this a trick to get the hammer inside the door with him locked outside? His dad always said there was more than one way to solve the problem, but how could he get the hammer inside without touching the door? Maybe if he jumped down without touching the sides, he could shut it from below. He brought his feet together with his toes just inches from the doorway. It reminded him of the time he jumped off the high diving board at summer camp. That time he'd ended up in the infirmary. Corvin jumped forward and landed amid a pile of jumbled rocks. He stumbled and his head touched the bottom of the door. The mass of slabs slammed together with a resounding thunder that grazed the back of his head. He fell to the ground in the choking dust, his head coming to rest against the coarse canvas of the pack sack. It was so dark he couldn't see his empty hand in front of his face. Empty? Once again he dropped the hammer. He felt her on the floor, panic rising in his throat. He was defenseless without it what if the lizard was waiting in the darkness its razor sharp claws ready to tear out his eyes are you down there lizard his voice echoed in the cavern his groping hands encountered a round handle but it was just a short thick stick he needed some light he fumbled with his pack and pulled out the waterproof tube of matches from the top pocket he struck one and it sputtered to life he tilted it down and waited for it to catch As he held it aloft, he came face to face with the empty eye sockets of a human skull.